Father, this morning we just come before you and we're so thankful, God, that we can come during this holiday season and God, remember the true reason of why we celebrate Christmas. God, as we were just singing, God, this fact that you came to this earth as a baby and God, we're so thankful for that, that you came to save us just because you loved us. And God, we, we just give you honor and we give you praise for that this morning. We pray that as we continue in worship and hearing your word, I pray that you'd open our hearts this morning to hear what you have to say to us. God, move in our hearts, speak to us this morning. We love you and we ask these things in Jesus' name, amen. You guys can be seated. You're supposed to be happy at Christmas. People tell us all the time, you got to be happy at Christmas. Many of the songs we sing at Christmas are reminders to us that you're supposed to be happy. Now, the difficulty is if you're not happy, it's a hard time of the year. The, the hard, cold truth is that there's lots of problems at Christmas. And I believe that there is a pretty good connection between um, the hype of Christmas and bouts of depression and family squabbles. And when you have just unrealistic expectations, or if your expectations are in the wrong place, Christmas can be a very difficult time of the year. I mean, we're bombarded with the songs. Consider some of these songs that probably by now you have heard at least 25 times a piece. How about this one? Sing with me. I'm dreaming of a white Christmas just like the ones I used to know where the treetops glisten and children listen to hear sleigh bells in the snow. That's harmless, right? How many white Christmases have you had? <laughs> I mean, if you've had one here in Texas, that's a pretty good deal. So how can it be like the ones I used to know? Where the treetops glisten. Have, have you ever seen a mesquite tree glisten? <laughs> and so you hear this, you're going, well, I'm supposed to be full of this joy and this happiness, but oh my God, how about this one? Have a jolly, jolly Christmas. It's the best time of the year. I don't know if there'll be snow, but have a cup of cheer. You got to have a cup of cheer because you're miserable. <laughs> Holly jolly Christmas. It's the best time of the year. It's the best time of the year. We are bombarded with that and the stores just unleash a great deal of, of uh, force on us for us to really be happy because after all, if you're happy, you spend more money, right? And so a lot of people at Christmas time are just lost in the shuffle. I mean, they, you, you are going to shop or have already shopped alongside lots of people that are absolutely at the bottom. 
They're struggling. How about this one? You better watch out. You better not cry. You better not pout. I'm telling you why. Santa Claus is coming to town. You can't, you can't cry. You can't pout. In other words, you, you just got to suppress how you really feel. And you've got to shove it and, and just let it come back out in spring. But for gosh sakes, not now. Why? Santa Claus is coming to town. Now, I'm not going to pick on Santa Claus today. I'm not going to pick on something Claus neither. Got to have some of that. I'm on the naughty list. How about this one? It's beginning to look a lot like. We're the men. Come on, men. Take a look at the five and ten. It's glistening once again with candy canes and silver lanes that glow. I sound like Bing Cosby, don't I? <laughs> Just like him. It's beginning to look a lot like Christmas everywhere you go. Now, take a look in the five and ten. Does anyone know where a five and ten is anymore? Most of y'all don't even know what a five and ten is. It's glistening once again with candy canes and silver lanes that glow. And so if you're bombarded and you're surrounded with all of this pressure and hype to be happy, 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 and you're not, it's a very difficult thing. It's a very difficult thing. So I've got some good news for you today. If you're struggling with Christmas, if you're struggling with the materialism of it, if you're struggling with the hype of it, if you're struggling with all that goes on at Christmas, maybe Christmas is not a happy time for you. Maybe Christmas is a time of, of when the memories of a lot of hurt and pain are just magnified at Christmas. You know, when you, you lose loved ones, it's, it's a hard time. Uh, when Christmas are not like they used to be, they used to be fun and happy and, and now they're not. For many of you, you're going to find out that your kids grow up and get married and you don't see them at Christmas anymore. It's just the way it is. They've got their families, they got their things, got this going on. There's miles that separate. It's just not easy to, to everybody get together at Christmas. So, uh, I think in Matthew chapter two, we can learn some good lessons from the Magi, the wise men. And I think that if we will learn these lessons, it'll help a little bit. And we've got to get glued in on what we all understand to be the true meaning of Christmas and why we celebrate Christmas. So Matthew chapter 2. Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea. So we got that down, don't we? Just a few miles from Jerusalem, Jesus was born in Bethlehem during the reign of King Herod. About that time, some wise men from eastern lands arrived in Jerusalem asking, where is the newborn king of the Jews? We saw his star as it rose and we have come to worship him. Now, you need to have two nativity scenes at work or just one nativity scene, but you need to realize that around Christmas, you need to put the wise men a long way away from the manger 
because they weren't there yet. And this story tells us that. However, when the wise men get there, you need to put the shepherds, the sheep, a long way from the manger because they didn't stay around the manger for two years or so waiting for the wise men to get there. And so you can put them, so you can transition. You can have your nativity scene out all year long if you want to, if you've got a spot for it. And so at Christmas time, have the shepherds and the angels and everybody close by the sheep. And then uh, when uh, uh, maybe say March or so, you can have the wise men coming in, you know, and you can have a cow up there or something and you can show the wise men around. So most people who study this kind of stuff believe that it was probably a couple years that they arrived. Most likely, they started out the moment he was born. Most likely, that's when they started, and it just it just took so long back then to travel. By the way, the manger is a cave. That's that's just very clear. Most people in Bethlehem during the birth of Christ lived in caves, and and houses were in caves. And so uh, here we recognize that, that he's in a house now. And so he's been in Bethlehem since he was born. They haven't left Bethlehem. And they probably moved away from the stable and they, and they moved into a home. And that home would have been in a cave somewhere because that's just the way it was back then. It says in verse 3, King Herod was deeply disturbed when he heard this as was everyone in Jerusalem. He called a meeting of the leading priests and teachers of religious law and asked, where is the Messiah supposed to be born? Now, isn't it interesting that they are disturbed because the possibility of the Messiah being born? Now, they've been reading. They are aware. All, all the Jewish people their highest need, their highest passion is that the Messiah would come. However, the leading priests and teachers of the law, uh, they're asked, where is he supposed to be born? And it says that King Herod was deeply disturbed and, and he calls them all together where the Messiah was supposed to be born. I mean, there, there wasn't a great deal of anticipation, glad anticipation uh, there was a huge blind spot. Now, Herod's blind spot was he didn't want to give up his reign. He didn't want to give up his throne. That's a real problem we all have with Jesus, isn't it? We don't want to give up our throne. We don't want to give up the reign that we believe wrongly that we have. And so they says, Herod asked the wise men, I mean, these uh, leading priests and teachers of the religious law, where is Messiah born? And they quote Micah, in Bethlehem and Judea, they said, for this is what the prophet wrote. And you, O Bethlehem, in the land of Judah are not least among the ruling cities of Judah, for a ruler will come from you, who will be the shepherd for my people Israel. Then Herod called for a private meeting with the wise men, and he learned from them the time when the star first appeared. Then he told them, go to Bethlehem and search carefully for the child. And when you find him, come back and tell me so that I can go and worship him too. He had, he had ulterior motives, didn't he? After this interview, the wise men went their way 
and the star they had seen in the east guided them to Bethlehem. It went ahead of them and stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were filled with joy. They entered the house and saw the child with his mother. Mary and they bowed down and worshiped him. Then they opened their treasure chests and gave him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Frankincense, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Some lessons from these wise men. First of all, they look for the right one. They were looking for the right thing. They were looking for the Messiah, Jesus. Their focus was on Jesus. Christmas can be a difficult time when your focus is not Jesus. When your focus is perfect dinner, it might just fool you. When you're expecting perfect behavior among relatives that might ruin your Christmas. When, when your expectations are that you are going to receive this unbelievable thrill at Christmas, maybe it's going to be like the best Christmas you ever had. Well, the truth is you may have had a great Christmas. You may have had a time when everything fell into place. The people were there. It was joyous. The, the gift giving was, was just a celebration and, and your memory always goes back to that Christmas. And because it was such a wonderful Christmas for you, depending upon all your circumstances just lined up well for you to have this special, wonderful Christmas celebration experience. Since then, you just haven't experienced that and you spend all your time, you know, comparing your Christmas to that other Christmas, and it's just hard to manufacture again. It's hard to manufacture. And without really knowing it, what's going on here? We're, we're building ourselves up for failure because our focus is on happenings. It's on the celebration. It's on the, the, the surroundings of Christmas and not of the focus of Christmas, what it should be, and on Jesus. Now, the things that Jesus accomplishes and does, and, and the result of that can be very dissatisfying if that is our focus and we're not focused on Him and we're focusing all in all the the periphery things. Now, the wise men were looking for Jesus. They were looking for Jesus. It says down here in the latter part of verse 11 that they were filled with joy. They were filled with joy when they worshiped him. A lot of times our focus is on the wrong thing and we don't worship him. Jesus always satisfies. Christmas will always disappoint. 
if that's the focus. Second thing, the wise men looked in the wrong place. They went to Jerusalem. Now, human reason would say, if a king is going to be born, he would be born in Jerusalem. I get that. Sure enough. I mean, doesn't it make sense? And, and you would go to King Herod because he should be surrounded by this information, right? If the king of the Jews is, has born, it should be within King Herod's place. But it wasn't. They looked in the wrong place. Now, human reason, they're just following. They went to the wrong place. And similarly to what do you seek, are you looking in the wrong place for the happiness? Are you looking in Jerusalem because that appears to be the right place and instead you should be looking in an inferior town, a smaller town, a poorer town, a town that doesn't have near the limelight of Jerusalem. And it's a manger. It's, it's a sheep pen. It's a goat pen. It's where the donkeys are. It's where the animal life is. It's not full of gold and, and, and marble uh, uh, floors and fancy linens and wonderful uh, amenities. It, it smells. The hay is rotten. It's just, it's just a stable where animals live. Now, that's not the birthplace of a king through human reason. No fault of the wise men. They did the reasonable thing, and they went and looked for him in where they believed he'd be born, but it was the wrong place. Christmas is, is a, is a, it's a hard thing when we're looking in the wrong place at Christmas. We look towards the presents. We look towards the experiences. We, we look towards all the stuff. And it disappoints. The third thing is their gifts. The wise man brought three gifts, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Valuable gifts, important gifts, gold for the king, frankincense for the priest, and myrrh for the death. Three things that are very important about Jesus. Number one, he's the king. Jesus is King Jesus. He is Lord of all. He is king of all kings. He reigns supreme. He is the sovereign one. He's also the high priest. The book of Hebrews spells out time and time again for us that the institution that was put in place resulted in sacrifice after sacrifice after sacrifice was required. But Jesus came into the world and his death on the cross means for us only one sacrifice is needed. 
the sacrifice of Jesus on the cross. So he's our high priest. The Bible teaches us that he understands our situation. He understands our struggles. He understands our needs and problems. He is our high priest. And we can boldly go before the throne of God because of Jesus. He stands between us and God, making it possible for us to have a right walk relationship with God. And so they brought frankincense to, to speak about him being the priest. And they brought the myrrh. The myrrh was ointment that was used to prepare bodies for burial. And so it was about his death. It was about his death. Appropriate gifts. Appropriate gifts. If our focus is on the gifts, material gifts, the things that you can put in a box, it'll be a dissatisfying Christmas. If the dress doesn't fit, if the dress is the wrong color, if, if the drill is the 12-volt one and you got to have the 18-volt one, you know, the focus is on the gift. Christmas can be disappointing. But when the focus is on King Jesus, always satisfies. When the focus is on the high priest for us, always satisfies. When the focus is what Jesus came to do for us, he always satisfies. And so you can probably evaluate your worship this Christmas by what you're trusting in to satisfy you. If you're trusting in the surroundings, if you're trusting in the circumstances, if, if you're trusting in the gifts, if you're trusting in the gifts you're going to receive or you're trusting in the response you get from people that you give a gift to, it could very well be a, dis, a, a dissatisfying Christmas. The good news about Jesus is he always satisfies. Jesus always satisfies. So as we celebrate his birth, look for the right person, look in the right place, and give the right gifts. The best gifts that we can give can't be wrapped. The best gifts can't be wrapped. The best gifts cost no money. The best gifts are time. The best gifts are friendship. The best gifts is forgiveness. If, if you have something, if you're at odds with someone in your family at work, before the sun goes down tonight, get that squared away. Forgiveness needs to be offered. Reconciliation needs to be made. A Christ-like gift is reconciliation and forgiveness. Give that gift this year. Give, give the gift of an unexpected act of love to someone. You probably know someone 
that's having a hard time. Maybe they just had a recent loss. Maybe they've had some financial struggles. Maybe it's an illness. You know, you just know what it is. They're, they're just going through a real hard time. Honoring Jesus would be perhaps not going and giving them a gift, but going and giving them the gift of you, the gift of your time, the gift of your encouragement, the gift of your empathy for them. You see, the gold was appropriate for King Jesus. The frankincense was appropriate for the high priest Jesus. And the myrrh was an appropriate gift for Jesus who came to the world to die to pay the price for man's sins. Give an appropriate gift and see if you don't experience more joy than you can contain. And you can contain. The wise men looked for the right thing, a person. They didn't look for experiences. They looked for the person, Jesus. They looked in the wrong place, but quickly readjusted. They looked in Jerusalem, and they should have been looking in, in, uh, in Bethlehem. You might be looking in the wrong place. And they gave appropriate gifts. Consider what you could give this Christmas that would bring joy to others and to yourself and your family. Father, we are grateful for this Christmas season. We're grateful, Father, for the promise of your son, the fulfillment of that promise. And we're so thankful, Father, that you completely satisfy Lord, continue to teach us all what to trust in, what to hope in, what to focus on. Help us, Lord, to just worship with all of our heart King Jesus. We're thankful that he always satisfies. In Jesus' name, amen. Ushers, please come forward.